holding command through wit and hips, her legacy twisted by her successor. No, not her son, who was slain. His murder rose to acclaim. Not her murder, so that's what they say, brought the end of a dynasty the goddess gave it away. Love. Welcome to Rebels Agenda, episode two. This is a podcast that spotlights bad girls throughout history and brings their stories into the present. I am your co-host Katrina, here with my co-host Lindsay, and today's episode is about a baddie that's very well known, Cleopatra. So if you didn't tune in to episode one, in season one of Rebels Agenda, we're using the book Bad Girls Throughout History by Anne Shen to spotlight eight badass women throughout history. Last week's episode was Lilith. Tune into that one if you want to hear about a deleted scene from the Bible. And as I said, today we're spotlighting Cleopatra. So I'll kick it over to Lindsay to hit us with Cleopatra's quick bio. Yes, so Cleopatra, a baddie indeed. She was the seventh Cleopatra and the last pharaoh of ancient Egypt before it became a Roman province. So she was crowned and took the throne at 18 years old and she ruled for almost 30 years. And a fun fact is she was actually the first woman sovereign to rule alone for over a decade. So Cleopatra has become legendary for her intellect, for her beauty. Unlike other Greek pharaohs of Egypt at the time, she spoke the local language. So she spoke Egyptian along with seven other languages and she could read hieroglyphics. It is said that many Romans viewed her as an evil whore who wanted to topple the Roman Empire. And we'll certainly get into more of that in this episode. But really throughout history, Cleopatra has come to represent kind of the prototype of this romantic femme fatale. In other words, a seductive and a beautiful woman who brings disaster to anyone with whom she becomes romantically involved. Now, this was in large part due to two infamous lovers that she had, Julius Caesar and Mark Antony. They were both Roman generals and politicians. So Cleopatra's life, as legend tells it, came to a dramatic end, and it was eerily similar to that of Romeo and Juliet, which was a double suicide with her husband, Mark Antony. He killed himself with a sword upon hearing a false rumor that she had died, and then she killed herself after his death through a bite of a poisonous snake, and they were buried together. After her death, Egypt fell to Rome and was then ruled by a man named Octavian. Um, this was Julius Caesar's great nephew, interestingly, and Octavian began converting Egypt, therefore the Roman Empire and all that was included in it, into a monarchy um, that we learned about in, in the history books. So that is a bit about Cleopatra. We always start the episode kind of chatting through this question. So Katrina, I'd like to kick it over to you. Why do we think that Cleopatra is labeled bad? I love this question for Cleopatra. She's a badass in obvious respects, things you mentioned like speaking eight languages, being one of the only pharaohs to still speak Egyptian in a time when the leaders in Egypt were actually from Greek descendant, which she was. She was a descendant of Ptolemy and Cleopatra was actually Greek. She was politically savvy, was the only 
female pharaoh to rule for over a decade, yada, yada. But that's why she's a badass. Why is she bad? A lot of it stems from that femme fatale narrative that has been passed down throughout history, right? A lot of the time when you think of Cleopatra, you don't think of her political savvy first. You think of she's a seductress. You know, She was with Julius Caesar and Mark Antony in these dramatic displays to get their affections. And what we found in our research is this Octavian guy who like takes over and, you know, absorbs Egypt after this. We read some things that said a lot of these stories about her as this seductress and this whore were possible just rumors started by him completely blown out of proportion. So I I like to spotlight the fact that she's a badass in some of those lesser known ways we don't always talk about where the rest might have just been some rumor. Yeah, 100%. It's hard to know because apparently, as you mentioned, Octavian was the one to recount her death. And therefore, he had some like motive if he wanted to, to take her out. I love that you spotlight her as as a true badass. What question comes to mind for me that we've kind of talked through is, did she fail as a leader? In my opinion, when I think about Cleopatra, the first thing that comes to mind, certainly beauty, certainly being a seductress. And then also like the last pharaoh of ancient Egypt. And I question if I was a princess and then became the queen and then after me, my family no longer ruled, I might call myself a bad leader. Right. Which I think is, yeah, just like an interesting and new way to think about the word bad. It's like, not good. Like, did she (laughs) suck? Like, and the thing is- yeah, like, oh, it's the last pharaoh. It's like, wait, if you're the last one, that means you you lost the empire, right? And when we take a closer look at that double suicide that you alluded to, it's like, why would a powerful queen who's been ruling for over 30 years and had multiple lovers and and you know was still ruling Egypt on her own, why would she kill herself over this guy and give up Egypt? It's like- Yeah, there's too much at stake. It's not just a cute love story. I think I saw that her family, like her line, ruled for 275 years. And that was the last dynasty. That wasn't even just like all of Egypt. That's just the last part of who ruled, which was her line. I'm going to go with the conspiracy theory that Octavian murdered her. Like there is just – I like it. I just don't think she'd do it. I don't think she'd do it. Either way, in the end, she was the last one. So did she fail? Maybe in some respects. To be continued. But don't we all, I guess. Yeah. Right. I also saw that Octavian killed her son shortly after she died. Right. If he went as far to kill her son. The writing's on the wall. I wouldn't put it past him to kill her. The writing's on the wall. Just like hieroglyphics, which she could read. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Another another hotly debated, even more debated topic than did she actually kill herself is what did Cleopatra look like? And this is kind of a, a funny one that people obsess over because it's like, did it really matter what she looks like. You know, we have her portrayed as super whitewashed in the original Cleopatra movie, or I think she's portrayed by Elizabeth Taylor. You know, in, in the new movie coming out where Gal Gadot is cast as her, and they're like, well, Cleopatra wasn't Middle Eastern. She was Greek. It's like, is talking about what she actually looked like and debating this important? Is this like one of those conversations right. on the red carpet where they're like, who are you wearing? It's like, Okay. There's this quote that's been like dredged up by Plutarch, who was a poet at the time. And it says, for her (laughs) for her beauty, (laughs) as we are told, was in itself not altogether incomparable, he wrote, nor such as to strike those who saw her. 
but to converse with her had an irresistible charm, and her presence, combined with the persuasiveness of her discourse and character, had something stimulating about it. There was also a sweetness in tones of her voice. Her tongue, like an instrument of many strings, she could readily turn whatever language she pleased. Basically, what he's saying is she wasn't that hot, but she had a way about her. And right, it's she like, had a way of doing it. Right, which is also something more interesting to delve into if you think about the fact that she wasn't, might not have been some great beauty and still was able to seduce these powerful men and go down in history as this great seductress. So another reason she's a baddie, her her voice being compared to an instrument of many strings, I just think is so cool. And I'm just imagining her as someone who was probably so intimidating to have a conversation with. She was probably so intimidating when she wanted to be and so charming when she wanted to be. Like she right. probably had the ability to turn that on and off, as all great leaders do, men and women. And then for me, it brings to mind the question of, is it a bad thing for women to use some of these tools that we have at our disposal, which is, it can be beauty, certainly, but charm and, and you know, charisma. Can we use that in a way that influences people? Or is that just straight seduction and like it's invalid? Been, yeah, it's been demonized using those like feminine wiles, maybe, or that charm is... has throughout history been demonized as, okay, you're a femme fatale, you're a whore, you're a seductress, you're a succubus, you know, you're Lilith, reincarnate, whatever. And that's not the case. Men do the same thing. And showing a mastery of yourself to be able to turn on different types Mm -hmm. of charm or, you know, irresistible energy, depending on who you're speaking to, is part of being a good salesperson, part of being a good politician, And I think it's just something that men really fear. And that's why it's been demonized. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most frustrating part of it for me is that at a strip club or a burlesque show, those things are like so celebrated. Whereas, you know, in a different scenario, when you're making a decision about a group of people, those things are so demonized. What do you mean? Why can't those same – let's say at a burlesque show. I went to one last night, Star Wars. Okay, so top of mind. (laughs) Top of mind. There's a couple women on stage dancing and showing skin and lots of lights and sound. And the whole audience is captivated, pays money for it, applauds, infatuated with it, buys swag with them on it. And then you go to somebody like Cleopatra, who is using her beauty to gain power, according to legend. And therefore, she is all of these mean things that people say about her. And this is such there's a good not point. a ton of applause. You know what the difference is? Like- difference is the burlesque show is a contained space, money making. You know, maybe who knows who owns that club? Is it women owned? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Where you have permission to express yourself that way in an environment that doesn't have to be threatening to the patriarchy, which that word is going to come up at least mm. once per episode. But it's like, it's like, it's okay in this contained environment. But once you start doing it on your own terms for your own gain, yeah. that's terrifying. That's, that is a great point. The other really cool thing I wanted to talk about with her was that she, as the bio that Anne Shen wrote said, successfully portrayed herself as the reincarnation of the goddess Isis. So let's talk about Isis for a second. Isis, in ancient Egypt known as Aset, I hope I'm saying that right, directly translates to queen of the throne. And this goddess was also known as the great mother, the mother, the protector, the bringer of magic. She had a myriad of skills and became one of the most 
honored goddesses in ancient Egypt and still to this day is a super famous goddess that everyone knows the name of. So Cleopatra basically decided to dress up as her, portray herself as her for ceremonies, for political events, and people believed that she was the reincarnation of Isis. And this was not a new political strategy. This was something that many pharaohs had done is to be, well, I'm this one reincarnated and I'm going to show up like this one. But the fact that they believed it and that Isis was such a powerful goddess with so many powers is just really cool to think about. Yeah, it definitely shows how effective she was in her her leadership, honestly, because to align yourself with a god i wouldn't imagine like the person who comes to mind that did that for me is jesus and he encapsulated like the father right and this is the other side of what is which is the feminine and i think to get a whole country behind you and believing that you're capable of accepting that spirit and like leading people through it yeah it's really beautiful I actually found this thesis written by a student at a student named Clara Wright that she posted online from Bryn Mawr College. And it had a really powerful quote just up in the abstract. It didn't even get to the meat of it, but it says The infamy of Cleopatra's legend is rooted in the ancient propaganda of her enemies who constructed this narrative to suit their own ends in an effort to sexualize and vilify her. This narrative purposefully leaves out Cleopatra's own agency as the sovereign of one of the most powerful empires in the ancient Mediterranean world, which I think really summarizes like our whole conversation. And yeah, go Clara. Great thesis. I got to read the rest of it. I also think it's a huge theme of the women that we're choosing to talk about is, you know, oftentimes there's so much good that comes out of their behavior and their attitudes and their intentions and their actions. And yet the legacy that is left by their enemies Mm -hmm. is often what's written down in history books because, again, are these rooms owned by men? Are these books written by men? Are these um, stories passed down by men? Oftentimes, yes. Especially the written word, 100%. Well, I know Cleopatra is one of your favorite baddies, and you're going to be delving into this a little more deeply in the next few months. Is that right? Yeah, we're headed to... Egypt in late September, my husband and I, and we're very excited. It'll be our uh, our last big trip before we try to extend our family. So the oh. close of a chapter of the two of us, and um, yeah, excited. I am starting to like book hotels and stuff, and the one that we're staying at near the coast is called Cleopatra. So that's circle. awesome. Definitely get some good inspiration from the great mother herself as you enter that next chapter of your life. All right, Lindsay, let's close it out in traditional fashion with your. Ode to Cleopatra. What is your poem of the week? Yes. So this one is called Lost Symbols. Holding command through wit and hips, her legacy twisted by her successor. No, not her son, who was slain. His murder rose to acclaim. Not her murder, so that's what they say, brought the end of a dynasty the goddess gave it away love that was my first time hearing that and i'm just yeah you're you're elevating every week i'm obsessed i love it thank you so much for tuning in to rebels agenda this week chatting through cleopatra and the legacy she left us 
We are excited to continue this series of spotlighting bad girls throughout history and bringing their stories into the present. If you have enjoyed listening through this episode, we would love for you to rate the podcast and leave us a review. We are having so much fun with this project. And so by taking a couple of minutes to review, you are helping the algorithm to do its thing and get Rebel's agenda in front of more badasses who are just like you. And of course, if you've got any feedback, you know, positive or negative, we are all ears. On behalf of myself and Katrina, Thank you again, and we will see you soon.